Welcome to Of Sound Mind and Spirit. I'm Shelley. And I'm Lisa. We're sisters walking together on a journey of faith. We're not perfect. And we definitely don't have all the answers. We're inviting you to walk with us as we explore ways we can better know and grow in our faith. Together. Welcome back to another episode from Of Sound Mind and Spirit. I'm Lisa. And I'm Shelley. And we are so glad you're here. Shell, what's going on with you? Oh my gosh, I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> well, you know, right now I'm taking a break from planning for my daughter's birthdays. It's that time of year. My two daughters have birthdays three days apart. And <laughs> even though they're both out of the house, now it's time to find the birthday cards and maybe find a little gift for them. And uh, so it's just really busy. And, you know, Lisa, this time of year always makes me think about that Labor Day when I became a mother for the first time, and then a Labor Day I became a mother the second time. And so it kind of led me to the ideas that, hmm, I'm thinking about being a mother. Maybe we should talk about vocations. Wait a minute. Vocation is a churchy word. Oh, I right. think we probably need to talk a, a minute just about what that word is, because most people, when they hear the word vocations, if they have a sense of what it is. They immediately think of when someone is entering the priesthood or seminary or a woman is entering religious life. You know, like at church where you pray for vocations, that's usually when we pray for men to enter the priesthood or women to enter religious. So is that what we're talking about? Are, do you have an announcement to make? <laughs> yes. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> No, no, I'm not making that kind of an announcement. Uh, it makes sense to use that word when you talk about entering a religious life because we talk about how men or women going there have a calling and the word vocation comes from vocare, which is Latin for to call. And if you go into the dictionary, you'll see it's a summons or a strong inclination to a particular state or course of action. So yeah, it makes perfect sense that we identify it with entering religious life. And it can also be used for the laity to be called in other ways to serve. Well, and there there are other callings. We uh, Marriage is typically thought of as a calling. And, and really to be laity, to, to laity meaning not to be uh, receive the holy orders of priesthood or a religious orders for women the lady also has a call and that is you know just to do god's will to live god's will in our ordinary lives you found this great quote i will give you credit for that even though i'm going to read it um and it's a quote and it says what is a vocation it is a gift from god so it comes from god if it is a gift from god our concern must be to know god's will we must enter that path if God wants, when God wants, how God wants, never force the door. And that was St. Gianna Mola. I, I do like that quote, Lisa. It's really pretty. I like the idea that God creates everyone with a purpose and a mission. Every single one of us has a purpose and a mission. Mm -hmm. It might be that you're called to marry. It might be that you have to wait when God wants, how God wants. So you might be asking, okay, well, if everyone <laughs> is created with a purpose and a mission, that's all nice. That's great. You know, what's my purpose? And you can find that answer in 1 Corinthians. St. Paul writes 
that we are all called to be holy. We are called to live a holy life focused on God. We're called in our baptism. We're given gifts by the Holy Spirit to guide us on our path. And I know you'll like this, Lisa, because this is a big one for you. It means that our ordinary life can be sanctified. That means a holy life. Mm -hmm. We only have to listen for his word and do as he asks. I love that. You know that I have a personal closeness to the holiness and the ordinary, that in through our ordinary lives, we are all um, not only called, called to be holy, but that we can be holy through what we do day to day. So yes, I thought you'd like that. I do. I love that. And in fact, if you think about it, the common vocation of all disciples of Christ, which we are professed Christians, we are um, disciples, we follow Jesus, and our common vocation is a vocation of holiness and, and I'm going to add, the mission of evangelizing the world, which kind of sounds overwhelming. So how do you do that, especially if you're not religious or, or a priest or, you know, religious life? So I found, I found this one. I found a quote. Um, and this one is uh, Pope Francis. And it is from Gaudet. I'm going to, I'm going to murder this. You ready? It's Latin. Um, Gaudet ex exalte. Ex, is that, is that, I, I think that's right. I'm glad she did that, not me. I know. I know. It, it's Latin. I can say the English rejoice and be glad. And so it was a writing of his, uh, I believe from 2018, and in the whole little book, it's in the little book, it's uh, writings, it's um, all about the call to holiness for, for all of us. And so this quote goes, we are all called to be holy by living our lives with love and by bearing witness in everything we do, wherever we find ourselves. Are you called to the consecrated life? Be holy by living out your commitment with joy. Are you married? Be holy by loving and caring for your husband or wife, as Christ does for the church. Do you work for a living? Be holy by laboring with integrity and skill in the service of your brothers and sisters. Are you a parent or grandparent? Be holy by patiently teaching the little ones how to follow Jesus. Are you in a position of authority? Be holy by working for the common good and renouncing personal gain. There's just so much to unpack in that one <laughs> writing. And and that's just one quote you pulled. I just I love the repetitive be holy. And and I love that he gives us different vocations, occupations in life, seasons, maybe where you find yourselves, and then a practical takeaway for how to be holy. Because I think that's part of the you know issue. Is it your call to a particular job, profession, type of work, station in life? And then what? How, how do you live this calling? So I think that's really the meat of what we're talking about, right? Absolutely. <laughs> and you're right. I hadn't realized it until you said it, how beautiful it is that he gives us a tangible thing we can do. Because how often do we say, I want to be holy? And you'll be talking with someone and be like, oh, but, you know, I, I'm not holy. I can't be holy. That's reserved for people who are so much higher up or so much better, you know, holier than thou. It's always somebody else, right? We don't mm -hmm. think of ourselves that way that we can attain it. And, and yet we're all called to it. And you do find it over and over in the Bible that mm -hmm. we individually, he's, he's telling us to be holy like Christ is holy. 
you could almost take each line individually and just unpack it. And think about the one that says, are you a parent or grandparent? Be holy by patiently teaching the little ones how to follow Jesus. I read that line and I think about, you know, motherhood. And you think about the different topics we've talked about here on the podcast um, so far. And that line has, I mean, so many of our episodes, we actually, that's that's part of what we're trying to learn and, and implement in our lives. Lisa, just yesterday in Bible study, someone there who is a grandmother was telling me about how she is the only person showing Jesus and introducing her grandson to the Bible. And she was wondering if it was enough to simply read Bible stories to them. And so here, right here, be holy by patiently teaching. I thought that was just so so yeah. poignant that it was just yesterday I heard that story. <laughs> yeah. So I guess that's the um, the question today is what has God called you to do? And And one, we've kind of answered that right? He's called you to be holy. And then the second question is, how is he calling you to be holy? Ah, there's the rub. Yeah. (laughs) How is he calling you to be holy? Well, you can start with, is there a specific job, profession, line of work? You know, when you graduate from high school, we need to choose what type of work we want to follow and how we can be better and best trained for that work. Because the work we do is important to God. And so if work is important, it makes sense to ask, what kind of work are we called to do? What kind of work does God want us to do? I will say that one of the things I've learned in the last three years is that your purpose and your calling to a type of job, it's not about your career. It's about what you bring to it. It's about your soul. And it's about how you live your life on the job, interacting with others. I I agree with that 100%. I mean, look at me. I I knew early on what I wanted to do. I went to school. I did it. And then I stopped doing it. (laughs) Well, that brings a a small question, Lisa. How did you know you wanted to be a lawyer? Was there a moment when you knew that was the path of study and the job you wanted to do? Not that I remember. I just, at some point in middle school, I think someone suggested it to me, probably for my love of arguing. And then it just kept popping up and I just, there's certain aspects of law I really, really enjoyed. And so it just, at some point in high school, it became my goal and I, I never changed majors or, I, you know, changed um, desires for occupation until I had kids. And then, then it changed greatly. But I would also, we'll, we'll skip the motherhood part for a minute because we'll come back to that. But then, you know, as the years went on, I changed careers, jobs. I found something entirely new to do. My vocation, I think, when it comes to work has been, like you said, it's not about the act of what type of work I was doing. It was really about allowing God to work through me and and help me be who I am to express what he wants for me through my work. And that is taking me, I would say, a couple of decades to really <laughs> figure out in my life. I'm, I'm still working it out, and uh, I'm sure there'll be another career change coming for me. You're a podcaster now. That's your I'm a podcaster. That's, it. That's, <laughs> that's my job. <laughs> but it is interesting to hear you say something that is true for me also, and that is that it took a couple of decades for me to see 
that where I was in my job, in my career, to see that as that's where God wants you to be. And and I do remember you telling me this in my last job uh, before COVID. I remember you telling me that there's a reason and a purpose why I'm there mm-hmm. and that I need to be looking for that. Why, why was I called to be in that particular job? And how can I bring the love of Christ to others? Not by evangelizing with words. I wasn't in a, in a position where I was talking to others about Jesus, but it was about living my, my faith with them through my actions and mm-hmm. how I treated people, how I cared for people. Right. I think we should do a whole episode on, see, I always come up with a new one. Are you making notes? I think about the whole episode about how to live your faith out in the in your workforce, in the workforce, no matter where you are, and how important it is to be that light for others through your actions, interactions with them, especially in workforces where you're not out there doing active Christian ministry or something, you know, in the secular right. world. Because right. there are ways to do it, and it is very important. St. Teresa of Calcutta said, many people mistake our work for our vocation. Our vocation is the love of Jesus. I'm a sucker for anything of uh, Mother (laughs) Teresa's. She could have read the phone book and I would have been like, oh my gosh, it's so amazing. Yeah. No, but I do love that quote. That's exactly, exactly it. Lisa, something you said a minute ago makes me want to move into the motherhood part of vocation. And that was how you were in one place in your job. And then you became a mother. And so you left that particular role to focus on motherhood. And specifically, there's something you may not remember telling me this, but I remember (laughs) it very well. I think you were kind of feeling it after you left that job and you were home with the kids. And you told me that your job now was the kids, that you had a limited amount of time with the kids and that you needed to be the best mother you could be for your kids at the age they were. Do you remember telling me that? No, but it sounds like me. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) You jumped into motherhood as if it was another lawyer job. You were like, okay, let me get my research. Let me get my my notebooks and and get in there and do all the things. Is who I am. Yeah, I've, I've actually made that decision twice now to leave work stuffs and um, focus on the family, focus on my kids. And once was when they were littles. You know, I did it before I had my third one. I left being a lawyer. And um, it just it just felt right at the time. And I can't explain it. And then it, it happened again a few years ago when I was really, really, really wrapped up in my new career of social media marketing. I left most of it and quit being a crazy, crazy person and really focused on being present for my kids and being a mother that they need in this, those last few years while they were still at home. That's kind of where I still am. I do feel strongly that that is where God wants me to serve him. And I am, gosh darn it, I am serving him by folding laundry and dishes and making dinner, which everyone knows I do not care for making dinner. (laughs) (laughs) But I do it because that's that's, that's where I am right now. That's my calling. That's what I was about to say was you lived it as if you heard a call and that was where you were meant to be. And I've, I always admired that you did that so well. 
and yes, you could probably say admired and, and put it a little <laughs> bit for envy, but <laughs> well, I that's want, another episode too. <laughs> I will say it doesn't mean it was easy. There are lots of hand wringing over decisions and things like that. And was it the right thing, the wrong thing? Do I really need something else in my life? You know, constant, constant, but deep in my heart, I know it's, I know it was the right thing. Well, let's talk about you for a second, because I think you need to be on the hot seat. Um, did you always want to be a mother? And what did the calling of motherhood look like for you? I will say that, yes, I always wanted to be a mother. And that in that time of my life, I didn't think of it as a calling. I just thought of it as the next step, the thing you know, naturally do. I mean, this was really before I would say I had a real true reversion back to the faith and the church. I mean, I never left the faith, but it just, it was like we've talked about in episode one, it, it just was always there. We didn't really focus on it or think about it beyond, Hey, it's Sunday. Let's go to church. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, our prayers were simple. There was never a question of me leaving work when I became a mother. And I think my oldest was about 10 when we first learned about Catholic mom. And I remember telling you, I don't feel like a Catholic mom because I work full time. I'm doing my best just to keep my head up all the time. And Catholic moms are the ones who are able to stay at home with their kids. And Catholic moms are ones who take their kids to church all the time. And Catholic moms are the ones who, it was like a whole different world. And I was not a Catholic mom. I was a working mom. And there was a difference. And I, I know we're right on the edge of that rabbit hole of going into a whole nother to podcast topic. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll, we'll have to circle back to that one. But, I, but yes, I, I always wanted to be a mother. I think that's an important topic. To, we don't have to dive into it deep now, but I think that is an important topic because I think we all know that there's mommy wars and culture wars, whether it's secular or it's Christian or Catholic people jumping on each other for how they choose to, to mom and live out their call to motherhood. And so... I think it's important to be honest and open about it that um, we didn't have it figured out. Mm -mm. We're not perfect. <laughs> We're not perfect. <laughs> we don't have all the answers. Well, what about marriage? Did you always want to get married or did yes. you ever consider another path? Briefly, but I always wanted to get married. I worried that if I didn't find somebody, if I didn't meet somebody, because I didn't meet my husband until I was... 22, 23. I was in grad school. And there were times that I, I wondered, what if I'm not meant to meet somebody? But no, the call was still very strong that I, I wanted to get married. I wanted to be married and have kids. So I knew that was the calling. It was just a matter of being patient, waiting, maybe kissing a lot of frogs. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can I, I say that, that one too? <laughs> yeah, you can say that. <laughs> I, uh, no, I, I too, I always, I mean, I remember as a, a little girl, I always planned on getting married and, and how many kids I would have and what I would name them. And I think I still, I could still name some of those names, uh, if you wanted me to, I even planned out what ages I would be when I had each of my five children. Um, <laughs> you're missing two. I'm missing two. It, it, it was not, that was not meant to be getting married and having kids is meant to be, but not, not as many kids as I'd planned when I was 10 years old. But no, I always, and I met my husband young, so I I'd never had the time, I guess, to really worry 
whether or not it was going to happen for me because I was I was 19 when I met him and I wasn't expecting to meet the man I was going to marry when I was so young and it just it just kind of happened. I hadn't thought of that in years, Lisa, that we used to write out future kids' names. Funny thing, we didn't use any of them. My husband wouldn't let me name our kids. I told him my names from when I was a kid, and he's like, that's why you're not naming our kids. (laughs) We did agree on all our names. Keeping this topic moving and rolling, I would say that... That, you know, there's another way that God calls you to be holy, and that's in community and with friendships. Think about all the wonderful people that we've come to know, Lisa, through the work we've done that's not our official job or our (laughs) official role, you know, like through our parish ministry work or through the website and writing for Catholic Mom and other places, even the retreats that we've worked on or attended together. I I think about all of the wonderful faith-filled people that we've met through all the different conferences we've been to. Even I will say, even though I've I've gone to some of the big secular social media conferences, and I still manage to find community—I want to say, you know, ministry community—in a room of ten thousand people that are mostly not there for that. So not it, spiritual it, writers. No, it is interesting <laughs> how God gives you that opportunity to interact with people and to, this is where I talk about evangelizing the world, right? It just, he just gives you that opportunity to meet friends and work in community to encourage and lift each other up. Yeah, exactly. Encourage and support one another. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, I know what you're trying to say there because as you were talking, I was remembering last year we were at the Catholic Writers Conference and one of the newer writers came in to where we were all seated at the dinner table and we were just like, welcome, come on in, pull up a chair. And she was just like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. <laughs> you know, it was so cute about that because she was she was so excited at this this table of us that were sitting there and I immediately thought about us at our first um, yes. conference, a Catholic conference <laughs> like that, full of people that we walked in and went, oh my gosh. And everybody greeted us with open arms and hugs and welcome and support. And I felt like it was uplifting and it, it really helped us on our faith journey. I mean, yes, on our writing and everything else, but but really on our faith journey to be in that community. And um, Lisa, I would say that they modeled the way for us so that we could turn around and give back in the same way to others. Mm-hmm. And they challenged us to walk with them on a journey of faith. And now here we are offering to walk with others on a journey of faith. I really think that is, you may go back to Pope Francis's quote about being holy being holy in community, being holy in friendships, being holy in ministry. It is about that walk and about mentoring, leading, but also walking and supporting. You know, we I mentioned ministry there and I realized we haven't really talked about being called to serve in ministry. And we are, you know, that's part of our call. A lot of us is to serve the church, to serve organizations through ministry. You and I have both done it. I think we, we, each started serving in church world, we'll call it, even into our teens. I know I was, and I believe you were too, in little ways. And then it's just kind of ebbed and flowed and grown over the different seasons of our lives since then. 
Yeah, I'm going to disagree with you on that. I don't have any recollection of serving in the parish life in any way. I was I was thinking a college or something for you. Nope. Maybe it's just me. I'm a joiner. <laughs> I joined in other things. I was in yeah. more like student-led organizations, but I was not involved in any ministry work then. Oh. I really didn't serve the church officially on, in anything until uh, after I got married. Oh, funny. I started uh, in high school, taught faith formation back in high school. Uh, the first thing I ever did was I lectured. I lectured at grandpa's funeral. Uh, and when I say lectured, I mean they asked, hey, would you read this scripture during the ceremony? And I said, okay. <laughs> so I did it. <laughs> anyway, so after that, I, I kind of enjoyed it and I... I did. I felt called to do it again, that this was a way I could use my voice and serve in church. And so I did it once at my parish where I was, and then we moved, and I never did it again. And then when we came to our current church, they had a training, and I said, okay, it's time to really do this. And so that was like my very first service to the church, was to be up and read the scripture. I do think it's interesting that mostly you and I have served in different ministries. Yes, we have. That we each mm -hmm. feel called to serve in ministry and to serve God in this way, but we, we don't do it the same, even though we've been at the same parish for a long time. I know we've been talking about hearing God's call mm -hmm. and answering the call of God, but I got a funny story for you. <laughs> you made <laughs> me think of this with the, the lecturing bit. So... I went to a daily mass one Tuesday, and I don't usually go to daily mass regularly, and it, it's a little different the way they read. And I'd gotten there a little early, and a lady came up and asked, oh, I know you're a lector. Would, would you please read today? And I was like, um, I've never read at a daily mass, and I, I don't know the readings, and I'm not really prepared to read today, so could you look for someone else? And she's like, no problem. And she went and she found somebody else. So I, you know, get settled in my pew and I'm at daily mass. Woohoo. Wouldn't you know it? You'll never guess what the psalm reading was. <laughs> it <laughs> was, here am I, Lord. I come to do your will. Ooh. <laughs> and it was the responsorial psalm, which spoken, not sung, but means even though I just told this lady, nope, nope, sorry, not going to come and serve in the church today. It was kind of like God find, found a way to remind me, um, that's not the right answer. The right answer is, <laughs> yes, repeat this again four times. Here I am, Lord. I come to do your will. <laughs> I, I get that sometimes where I feel like God's hitting me over the head with something. And I'm like, I heard you sort of, but I just, I, I, don't, I don't know if I'm ready. I don't know if I'm willing. And God is very patient in that he will just keep reminding you. Hey, can you follow directions? <laughs> you just asked, hey, God, what am I supposed to do with my life right now? Please show me the way. Get up there and read. Uh, nope. <laughs> okay, I'm going to piggyback on this one because we talked about God's calling you, but sometimes God is calling you to say no. I'm not saying you were right or wrong. I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that sometimes your no is a yes to him, like your no to somebody is actually saying yes to what he wants from you. And I have actively stepped away from some ministries in the last couple of years. And I think that is, I am saying no to people because I'm trying to say yes to him. And like I said earlier about my 
call to motherhood, my vocation of motherhood right now, I just, I feel very strongly that I have to, I'm a joiner. I want to do all the things as I'm sure everyone has figured out by now. And so I am trying to listen to God telling me I need to say no to more things so that I can focus on what he really wants me to do. No, that makes a lot of sense too. That sometimes our call is a no. Mm -hmm. That you've been entrenched in something for a long time and he's kind of like, hey, it's time for you to step down and away from that because I have something else planned for you over here and I need you to be apart from the other so you can be prepared for the next. Or you're too excited about too many shiny objects and you're not really focused on what I'm actually saying to you right now. I I feel like that's how God talks to me. (laughs) Oh, I want to tell those who are listening, don't get too wrapped up in searching and waiting for God's call. I mean, I want you to make sure you're focused on, like Lisa just said, the everyday things that God wants for us, the relationships that we're in, being faithful to prayer, maintaining trust in God, and and just loving the people that are around us here and now. Um, I'm kind of paraphrasing a little bit from Father Jacques Philippe's interior freedom, not to be so focused on what is God calling me to do that you stop doing the things he wants you to do every day. In other words, being holy in the ordinary life. I say looking around us and the little things. We might not be called to do the big things, or we might be, but maybe not right this second. And so just getting up every day and loving our family or being that light of God's love to somebody at your office or to your spouse, being patient with your children, all of these things, being the example, being faithful in prayer, trusting in God's will, those are the things that make us holy in our ordinary lives that are ordinary things. I I just, I feel that. I, I, I really feel that, that that is where I am in life, that I just have to get up every day and um, wash the dishes. Wash the dishes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I know we're running long, but you, you have to tell that story about washing the dishes because I love it. <laughs> okay. So I, Shelly, went to Lisa's house to pick her up. She wasn't ready. No shock there, right? So <laughs> I'm waiting in her house and she calls out from the bedroom. Hey, will you wash the dishes for me? And I am not a happy camper, okay? (laughs) I'm like, what the stinking thing is going on here? She asked me to pick her up. She's late. Now I'm doing the dishes for her. So I'm over there (laughs) doing the dishes. And I look up and she has a print right next to her kitchen sink. And it's it's a quote from, of course, St. Therese of Calcutta. And it says, Lisa... Something to the effect of wash the dishes, not because... Some... I'll tell you. It says okay. wash the plate, not because it's dirty, nor because you were told to wash it, but because you love the person who will use it next. <laughs> and I really do have this framed next to my kitchen sink. And it's for I think me. I took a picture of it <laughs> and sent it on uh, social. We'll have to find that and use it again. But it is for me to remind me to love my family and not grumble about doing the dishes. But I, yeah. I, I love that you. <laughs> I like that you didn't ask me how long did I sit there and look at that and think about it before I finished <laughs> washing the plates. <laughs> That's a perfect example of how to be holy in the ordinary. 
right there. Mm-hmm. You're called to holiness. You were living it out right at that moment. Seriously, only your sister would ask you to come over, pick her up, and then ask you to clean her kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> and only a sister would do it. Or Did you want to leave or not? <laughs> that I wanted to leave. <laughs> well, we couldn't leave until the dishes were done. So there. Oh, my goodness. So, so I guess we want to know... <laughs> Have you ever thought about how God is calling you to be holy in your ordinary life? How are you living out that vocation of holiness in your day-to-day life? That's right. Lisa, did you tell me that we had some feedback? Well, we do have some feedback from our mom. Oh, what a perfect episode to have feedback from our mother, a woman who serves her vocation so beautifully. She does. You wonder why we wanted to be mothers so much (laughs) because of our mom. I'm I'm not going to read the whole thing because it is very long, but if you want to find it, <laughs> um, she's loquacious. It is on our Facebook page under reviews, you so you can, you can go find it. This is what our mother had to say about us. She said, these podcasts offer insight and ideas for all who listen, not just Catholics, but anyone who is faith-filled or searching for renewing their faith, as well as those who seek something missing in their lives. Thanks, Mom. Aww. I love that. We love we should, you. We should when we, we when we start doing guests, we should have Mom on. That might be too much to have all three of us in one spot. What do you think, Shell? <laughs> I'm wondering if we would all sound alike on the you on know, the audio. I know, dear listener, it is really hard to figure out which one of us is which. Um, if one of us could do fake accents, we would try. So it would be more interesting. But I'm no, I I do really well at my Texas accent, and that's about it. I could do the accents, but I don't have the courage. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. All right. Thank you so much for being here and for listening to us. And as always, we hope that you enjoyed and that you subscribe and we'll come back every week. We release a new podcast episode on Thursdays. Please tell your friends. We're really enjoying the uh, feedback we get through little bitty comments and stuff on Instagram and all that with our fun postings. Come visit us over on the website, soundmindandspirit.com. It is a hub. You can find all that's going on with us. All right, Shelly. Did you think about what you're getting your girls for their birthdays while we were recording? No, but my younger daughter is her 21st birthday, so I'm trying to find something that doesn't include references to drinking lots of alcohol. (laughs) Ooh, good luck with that. (laughs) (laughs) That is a challenge. The worry of of a mother is never done. That's right. Go back and listen to our episode from last week about worried mothers. I was just about to say, St. Monica, pray for us. (laughs) All right, Shelly. Uh, thanks for doing this. It was, I, I like that we laugh so much. It, it really, I, I enjoy it. I hope other people do too. Okay. Bye, Lisa. <laughs> bye. <laughs>